0: live from the finley toyota espn las vegas studios over the weekend through leaving my house there was just a dog roaming the street this is the press box like not in our neighborhood outside like four cars pulled over to help this dog including us and he just belonged to somebody's house who was outside and had no idea their dog had run out and was in the middle of the street with granny and bischoff
1: okay that was like, an update. On ESPN Las Vegas. No more updates on dogs. No, I haven't
2: seen any stray dogs. We oh. opened the show yesterday with you asking him if he puts his dog in a sweater. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're dog people, man. That's
1: right.
0: Huge dog people here. Pull over and get the dog, Jared. Yeah, on. on. darn right. Don't steal it. Find its owner.
1: Yeah. Come on. The
2: first bite. I don't know what to do with that. I'd probably steal the dog. Has Tom Brady retired for good? Yeah. Uh, speaking of
1: golden retrievers. Yes. What Took a walk on the beach. Looked like he's on the beach. You believe him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This time, yeah. I believe him. He's headed to the booth for 300-something million dollars. <laughs> he can come back and play again, and he's no. still can head to the booth for 350 no. million. He's, he's done. He's done. Rap, put a rap on it, man. You don't think he's going to Tom Brady? He's not going to Brett Favre it? No. I don't think so. I think he's done. I think he's, this is a wrap.
0: I think he's trying to create his own April Fool's Day. This early? Last year, he retired on February 1st. This year, he retired on February 1st.
2: Maybe he just really doesn't feel well on February 1st.
1: (laughs) You think he's coming back? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think so. I think it's a wrap.
0: Last year, Tom Brady retired. And Tom Brady was all like, ah, spend time with my family. 40 days later, Tom Brady unretired. And I jokingly said, yeah, he unretired because he got sick of his family. He didn't want to deal with those kids jokingly. 24 hours a day. Now he doesn't have to deal with the kids 24 hours a day because they got divorced. But what's he, what's he, what's he retiring to do now? Cause I honestly, I think he retired last year and there was a 40 day span where he's like, this sucks. So now what's he doing until he decides he wants to come back?
1: Preparing for the booth, I guess. Does he need to prepare? I think it's a different world. Yeah, I think he needs to. I think he needs to prepare, do some uh, practicing for that. I don't think it's something that. I mean, obviously he's going to be able to talk about football and talk about everything that's happening, but it's a different world to do that. We know that. I mean, it's different. It's different type of skill set to go into a booth and and be good about it. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna go in regardless and make the money regardless, but. I think he's. I think he's done, man. I think you said it to the booth.
0: I think most likely he's done. I do think there is a possibility that we get to uh, August fifteenth, and he's like, you know, I kind of miss it. Let's go back to Tampa. They don't have a good quarterback. I can just walk in and start in Tampa, Wouldn't not in Vegas. Me.
1: No. Oh, here we go. This no. is it. By the way, no. Stop the uh, stop the insinuations out there that uh, he's going to go to the Raiders. Do you think he was the number one option for McDaniel's? I think it was the number one option for McDaniels. Yeah. I so do. so you think like
0: today is a big deal for the Raiders? because oh, I think so. McDaniels yes. was going to, yes, if absolutely. he hadn't already. Pursue him. Right. Call him and say, and, we need you. And now number one is crossed off yes. the board and they got to go to wherever number two is. Whoever so, that is. Actually, let me ask you that question. You believe he's retiring. But if you're McDaniels, or honestly, if you're any team that's quarterback needy, do you shut the door on Brady? Or like in a week, are you calling and saying, hey... You still retired? Like, do you just completely say, all right, Brady's off the board? Or do you like say, hey, we'll, we'll check well, in in a month?
1: Because he came back last year, I think that they, I think they'll ultimately maybe check in on Oh, That's
0: that's going to be great. Right? I can't I mean, wait if for. He's, if he
1: came back last year, you want to see a month, two months down the road where his mindset is.
0: I can't wait to see the report of the Raiders called Tom Brady on March 12th to see if he was actually retired for good this time. Tom Brady didn't answer the phone because he took a one-way plane trip to Thailand to join Cliff Kingsbury for the week. uh,
1: I think he was the number one target for sure for the Raiders. I'm almost certain of that.
0: So you cross off Brady. Maybe not. Maybe you call him, but at least in pencil, you You cross him off.
1: You give him a circle? You give him a circle instead of crossing him off. You circle him.
0: And then do you believe number two on their list is another veteran, or is number two on the list find one in the draft?
1: Uh, they go hand in hand. I think they're going to try to get a veteran and I think there's a good chance they might draft a quarterback.
0: You think they might, well, what's the definition of veteran? Like, obviously if they trade for Rogers, they're not going to then draft one in the first round. Jimmy Garoppolo. God, that would be funny. So, so you think there's a chance they could sign Jimmy Garoppolo and then draft a quarterback in the first round?
1: I'm not saying, no, I said draft a quarterback. Okay. Just anywhere in the draft. Okay.
0: So they might take Max Duggan in round four or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that might make some sense. Maybe if you think Max Duggan's any good, would they find a good quarterback in round four? Are they going to Brock Purdy their way to a to a hey, AFC championship?
1: Has Brock Purdy has Brock Purdy made other teams think in that realm? That if you can get the last pick in the draft to do what he did, that maybe you can find a guy good enough to play under a bridge guy and become the guy eventually.
0: I would assume if you are the Uh, head coach or GM of a team like the Raiders, you are smart enough to realize, oh, our team's not as good as the 49ers. (laughs) We cannot plug in Brock Purdy and expect to win any games, honestly. Like, we have to have a legitimate quarterback because our secondary's not good. We have one good defensive lineman. We have maybe one good linebacker. Our offensive line is... Dylan Parham, Colton Miller, and whoever we find in free agency, I would assume that they're smart enough to realize so our team's not
1: that now good. Now with Brady gone and you don't have to pay Brady, the would you think that the idea is you spend all your money around a quarterback and you do everything you can to trade up and get one of the top quarterbacks?
0: I would if I was the Raiders, I would be drafting a quarterback in the first round. That's that would be my objective from now until I find one that's any good. I don't know how eager I would be to trade up unless I was convinced that Stroud or Young were were awesome. And if that's the case, then I've got to get all the way up to one. and if I've got to get all the way up to one, I've got to send quite a bit to the Bears to get to one from seven. So, yeah, I think I think I would. I think I would be unless I mean, if I sat down and Stroud and Young were just awful, then no. But if I was like, okay, Bryce Young, that's the guy. He's going to be good. Yeah, I trade up to one. I do what it takes to trade up to one. Now, obviously, there's going to be a a tipping point where it's like, ah, they want four future first. All right, well, we're not going to do that. All right. But you know, if they want one extra first or something like that or even if it's just hey they number
1: seven and another one
0: yeah or even if it's just hey number seven and a bunch of second or third rounders yeah I'm absolutely willing to do that to get up to one because you need the quarterback and specifically you'd love to have a good quarterback on a rookie deal to help the rest of your team and if you hit on that you're probably not really good like if Bryce Young or CJ Stroud you draft them and he's good you're probably not really a contender next year but the following year, if you have another good offseason, that's when you should actually expect, hey, we we can go to the playoffs. We might be able to compete at the top of this division because we've got the quarterback on the rookie deal. So that would probably be my uh, number one option if I was McDaniels, if I was Ziggler, and if I were the Raiders. I would not be that interested in Garoppolo unless he's really cheap, which I don't think he's going to be. I don't think I'd be that interested in Rogers, uh, unless there's a trade compensation that doesn't cost a lot. Like if the Packers, if you got to give up two first to go get Rodgers, I'm not giving up two first to go get Rogers. So I, I think it's the, the smartest option would be to trade up and draft a quarterback, unless you don't believe in them. If you just, if you evaluate them and you're just like, eh,
1: they're they, just okay.
0: They might be good, but eh, then don't do it. You just sit at seven and take the best available player. That's not a quarterback. And, Start building. Right. And then maybe next year you find your quarterback with Caleb Williams or a different veteran or whatever it is. But I think if you believe in one, that that should be the number one option is mm-hmm. go up and get them and, and try to find that value in having a rookie quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie contract that's pretty good for four to five years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, see what they do. Do you think Tom Brady regrets coming back for the 2022 season?
1: Uh, I think perhaps... Well, and you jokingly made about the kids, but I think perhaps if he knew he was going to go through all the personal stuff, maybe he regrets coming back. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe, maybe that gave him an outlet uh, beyond the personal stuff with the wife and the divorce that he was able to go and play every day. And, and, you know, I don't know if you take your mind off it, but he had something to do every day. So regret, I don't know if this guy's a regret guy. I don't know if he's really – the, the kind of guy who regrets a lot of stuff. He seems pretty confident in the decisions he makes um whether it's to retire and come back or to retire again. So I don't I don't know if he has a lot of regrets about much of anything football-wise. Football-wise, football just football-wise he should regret it. They went 8 and 9 and
0: sure they won the worst division in football, but they went 8 and 9 and got bounced in the first round of the playoffs and wasn't even competitive. Like that I don't
1: know if he thinks that way.
0: And so like just from a hey, why'd you come back for the twenty twenty two season? Well, mm-hmm. had to get that big win over the Panthers in week seventeen to clinch the AF or the NFC South. He should regret it football wise. The the personal life stuff Probably should regret it even more. I don't know. Like, from the outside, we can't really assign. Nor should we. Why did they get divorced?
1: Yeah, nor should we. We shouldn't have anything to do with talking about that.
0: It certainly looked publicly like Tom Brady coming back to play football played a pretty big role in why Tom Brady is no longer married. And so from just a football standpoint, he should regret it. From a personal life standpoint, he probably does regret it.
1: I don't know. I'm not. I don't know the guy. I'm not going on the personal stuff. I'm not. I'm not going to say he regrets it or not, but football wise I don't know if this guy I think you know he's the greatest ever he's probably got more confidence than anyone in his abilities um I don't know if he regrets I'm sure he I'm sure he's bummed at how the the season turned out and being eight and nine and losing to the Cowboys I think if you asked him he said he wouldn't regret it now whether he's telling the truth or not I'm not sure if we go back in time last
0: year March 15th right after he retires and you tell well, right before let's go right before he retires or unretires
1: well that's hindsight. you can't if I know you see, but if you go back and say he's eight but and that's nine, how regret I works mean, if you go yeah, back but, and
0: say on March 12th right before he unretires Tom you're coming back but you're going to go eight and nine and lose in the first round of the playoffs he probably stays retired he probably says all right I don't want to do that that sounds terrible and that's that's regret then and you only get to see your kids about half the time
2: <laughs> <laughs> that that's what I, regret is. I don't
1: think he regrets it I don't I don't think he I don't think he, he's the kind of guy who regrets it. I think he makes decisions and whether it's retired to come back and he came back and whatever happened was gonna happen and he went eight and nine and now he's retired again and I do think I do think he stays retired this time. I don't think he comes back.
2: I don't know if he comes back, but I definitely I agree with the he has almost a Tom Cruise level of like weird confidence that makes you kind of go, All right, you're creeping me out a little, dude.
0: Nah, he's fine. They're going to put him in the booth for the Super Bowl?
1: In the booth for the Super Bowl let's, this year?
0: Yeah, let's go. You got 12 days, whatever it is, 10 days.
1: Who would he replace? Greg Olson. Greg Olson. I think Greg Olson's pretty good. Yeah,
0: and Greg Olson's been
2: getting like universal praise. Nobody
0: cares about Greg Olson. Not a soul watching the Super Bowl cares nah, about Greg Olson. I don't
1: care about him. I just think he's pretty
0: good. If you put Brady in there immediately, everybody cares.
2: Okay. If you put a chicken in there people would be like eh, it's super bowl i'm gonna watch anyway like
0: that does, like it. the super bowl is the draw yeah but people don't care about greg olson like if we're talking about hey with like like you guys just answered my
1: question as if
0: greg you can't replace greg olson
1: no i don't i'm not saying you can't he's replace good. greg olson he's really good um you're right that people would be more interested in brady I just don't know if they throw him in 12 days out.
0: Let's go. What's he doing? He's got 12 days to do
2: nothing but get ready for the Super Bowl. Didn't they have to have Tony Romo call, like, fake call a bunch of...
1: Yeah, he called a bunch of fake games. They
2: got 12 days. <sighs> You can fit like six games into one day. All right, so he's got a fake call the Shrine Bowl. He's yes, got a fake... the Pro Bowl with the uh, the Pro
1: Bowl with the the, the uh, flags can, What's on. the
2: one in Alabama? The Senior, the senior bowl. bowl. Yeah, the Senior <laughs> Bowl. He's just he's gonna be just, like that ref. Just, just put a recording.
0: Just put a recording on the TV. Sit down, talking to your cell phone's recording device. Send it off to to Fox. Say so here we go. I'm ready to go. He's got all the time in the world now.
2: He retired. What if he's like Magic Johnson? Where they tried that, and it was like three games oh. of, ooh, okay, magic. There's no <laughs> way he's that bad.
1: No, he can't be that bad.
2: Well, what I would have done there is just make the throw. <laughs> <laughs> I would have simply just scored
0: a touchdown. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. All right, coming up next year on ESPN Las Vegas, UNLV. Are they back? Comes left side. Webster down the left side to Noel.
2: Noel will shoot the three after hesitating, and he'll knock it down. Shane shooting it incredibly well.
3: We're back to the Press Box morning show with Ed Greeney and Tyler
0: Bischoff. UNLV beat Colorado State last night 83-71. to They actually led by 22 in the second half, and they, they kind of tried to blow that. And Colorado State got within nine in the final four minutes of that game, but UNLV you know, held on. Lead was too big, and I am taking another victory lap. He doesn't listen to you. UNLV is three and zero since they stopped switching does every to screen. He not show. Every they're three and zero. They're perfect. They've beaten Wyoming, Nevada, and Colorado State since they stopped switching every screen, which is what I was suggesting since. The beginning of January.
1: And he does not listen, nor does he take any advice from us. He
0: should. They wouldn't be four and six in the Mountain West. They'd be six and four instead if he listened. That's what he should. He does not take advice. I'm saying that he should. Taking another victory lap because I was right and you can't tell me that I was wrong. Uh, But their defense. No, I can tell you he doesn't listen. (laughs) I'm not saying he does. I'm saying he should. He better start. Uh, He won't. But their defense is better. The last two games specifically, it actually wasn't good in the first game that they started or stopped switching every screen, but the defense has been better. It was actually a really good defensive performance until the final four minutes or so. And they, if they, if they had had a lead of 10,
1: they might've been in trouble,
0: right? But they led by 22. So blowing it in the final four minutes didn't really matter. It did change some of the stats They Colorado state ended up over one point per possession. They were under it for basically the entire game until that final five minutes. But this was the UNLV beat Colorado State uh, kind of just like mathematically. They just took more shots like they just they, they didn't necessarily play like they didn't necessarily make a higher percentage. They didn't necessarily get a bunch of better shots than Colorado State. They just took more. And a big reason why UNLV got 12 offensive rebounds, which is 32 percent of their own misses, and they scored 20 second chance points, which is incredible efficiency. It's a lot when you get yeah your own rebound. They also They'll they score. only they only forced 12 Colorado State turnovers, which is not a lot for this UNLV not defense. Not for UNLV, but they scored 19 points off of those turnovers, which again is very good efficiency. So UNLV. They took more shots than Colorado State, and in those areas, the offensive rebounds and the turnovers, sort of the the broken area. It's not the half court set up everything, the sort of broken areas of the game. They were extremely efficient, and that's why they won that game. They got more shots because they were better on the offensive glass, and they turned those into points, and the turnovers they forced also turned into points, and that along with shooting it well from three is why they won the game.
1: So I don't know if they're completely back until I see them play and beat a really good team. They beat Nevada. They you know, beat Nevada um, at home. I want to see them on the road against a good team. I want to see them on the road against a team. I- I'm saying I'm saying completely back to where I believe they can win three in three days, four in four days. If they, unless they they climb to a, a good seed, I mean they could climb up. What's it? You got to get to the five seed. Yeah, their game out of six. They,
0: they got to get to the five. They are, at the moment, two and a half out of uh, fifth.
1: Two and a half out of fifth. So they, they got to make up two and a half that.
0: games on Utah yeah. State or New Mexico to get a bye in the Mountain West tournament. Um, if they were to, they, it's possible, but they're going to, They like you said, the away games, they go to San Diego State, they go to Boise State, they go to Nevada. Right. Uh, they probably have to rip off at least two wins in that and then take care of home court. Take care of home court the whole way. Yeah, because they've already got six losses. Utah State, uh, what are they going to get to? Uh, Ken Palm projects Utah State to be 12-6. and six. So if UNLV is 4-6, and six, they have to go unbeaten to get to what Utah State's projected. Supposedly going to be. Right. So they're not winning out. Now Utah State might lose a couple they're not supposed to. Right. But even if they lose one or two, then UNLV can only lose one or two to have a legitimate shot at the five seed. So... They're most likely not getting the five unless one of those teams in the top five just falls off the face of the earth, which I Probably guess is possible. It's possible. But,
1: I don't know all their schedules in terms of where they still have to go. Yeah.
0: Like Utah State, for example, is relatively easy the rest of the way. All their tough games. They do play San Diego State again. They do play Boise State again, but they're at home.
1: But they're at home where they play well. Yeah.
0: All their road games, their road games are Colorado State, San Jose State, Wyoming, and then here. So their road games are fairly easy. Fairly easy. So, it's going to be maybe here. Yeah, UNLV is going to have to. If they were going to get the five seed, they'd basically have to win win out or lose once the rest of the way,
1: and have Utah State stumble a little.
0: And if that happens, they could get there, but that's kind of unlikely at this point. Here's here's a couple of things that I think are important. UNLV is shooting well from three recently. And last night actually was not Justin Webster. Webster was one of five from three-point range. He came into the night shooting 50-whatever percent from three in Mountain West play. He wasn't good. Keyshawn Gilbert was really good from three last night, four of six. And Keyshawn Hall and Shane Noel combined, they were each two of three, to go four of six as well. So UNLV hit 11 of 27 last night. Colorado State hit five of 17. And if you look at the entire Mountain West season, UNLV is undefeated when they make more threes than their opponent. The problem, they've only had three games in conference play where they make more threes than their opponent. They've had seven when their opponent makes more than them and they're one in six in those games. Making or having the advantage from the three-point line is massive in college basketball. It's, a, it's, the, it's the game changer. Greg Popovich the other day did a post-game press conference where he sat down and he was like, we had more points in the paint. We had more steals. We had more rebounds they hit 50% from 3 we shot 18% from 3 that's the game yeah basically sat down and said we played well we were probably the better team
1: but they stepped from 3
0: sure. and that's reality in in basketball right if you have a team that's going to make like last night you know we made six more threes than colorado state that's 18 points you've got to be 18 points better at the free throw line in the paint forcing turnovers Transition, rebounding whatever everything that's really really hard to yeah, do that and many We've seen too much where UNLV's on the wrong end of that, but recently they've been they've been on the better end of that. If they can continue to shoot well, they don't have to go 11 of 27 every night, but they just can't get torched. Like, they can't make five and their opponent make 15. They need to make nine or 10 and their opponent make 12 or 13, and then you've got a real. you still got shot.
1: a realistic chance to come back and win other ways. So the shooting's been
0: better recently. Obviously, the defense has been better, um, especially the last two games, and then... Keyshawn Gilbert might be back. Keyshawn Gilbert had 16 last night, 6 of 8 shooting. That's exactly what he was doing in the non-conference play. He wasn't taking a lot of shots, but he was extremely efficient, and he scored in double figures in four of the last five. Uh, My favorite right now, his offensive rating in non-conference play was 115, which is really, really good. Even factoring in his good game last night, his offensive rating in Mountain West play is 85. Consider around Which, when 100. they're one in
1: six. It tells you how he's playing,
0: right? Around a hundred is average. It's actually a little bit higher this year, but around a hundred is about average. So Keyshawn Gilbert went from being well above average to well, well below, below average. average,
1: even after last night.
0: If he can, he doesn't have to be six of eight every night. But if they can get him back to just slightly, even just a average or a little bit above it, that's going to go a long way in helping this offense. So those are some of the things you look at and say, "Oh, UNLV, they might uh, they might have a shot here to be." back, which the problem for them right now, because they've already got six losses back is just sort of knocking off some decent teams. So
1: middle of the pack.
0: Yeah. We'll see what happens, but they they are a team that can beat pretty much anybody in the mountain. No, House. they can beat anybody
1: yeah. on a given night. Yeah.
0: Coming up next year ESPN, Las Vegas, Chris Carlin joins the show. He gave the keys to the whole entire business to an 18 year old kid. And now he's 38 years old and he's still dominating. I don't think we should be surprised. I think we should congratulate him and celebrate him as much as possible.
1: Continue to, you know, enjoy the shows that he put on because it's not going to be for too much longer. You know, whenever he decides to play. But I'm enjoying the show, and I wish we could have got a chance to play against one another. But um, who knows what could happen down the line?
3: It's the press box with Grainy and Bischoff
1: on ESPN, Las Vegas.
0: Joining us now is Chris Carlin. You can hear him on Canty and Carlin. That airs 12 to 4 Pacific time on ESPN radio. Good morning, Chris. How Hi, are Chris?
3: you? I'm good, guys. How you guys doing? Good, good. good.
0: Uh, do you believe Tom Brady's actually done this time? It
3: better not be a stunt to promote 80 for Brady. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, seriously. If, like, Lily Tomlin's going to come out <laughs> and, you know, announce he's back, like, that's going to annoy me. I do think he's gone for good this time. And you know the reason I say that, I, I don't love trying to read into people, but when you see, um, when you see him have the look that he did with uh, some, as somebody of a similar age, you get the opinion, you get the idea that he is uh, thinking about, what he's going to do to start the next part of his life. And maybe that's something that he's been putting off for a bit because he has, um, it had known really nothing else in his adult life. So I, I do think this is it. I think everything that he's gone through over the last year or so, uh, you could see how much that has weighed on him. I'm surprised because I thought he would play, uh, for another year. But I think that, you know, it's funny. We Rob Dinkovich said this a few weeks ago that like, you know, it shouldn't be surprising because at the time he thought Brady would retire. It shouldn't be surprising to think that's the case when we're talking about a 45 year old guy <laughs> <high> playing quarterback. <laughs> but here we are, and and you know, um, ultimately, I do think this is it.
1: How do you think uh, it's a different platform we were talking earlier? How do you think he does in the booth? Because we've seen so many other quarterbacks uh, do this. I think some with more success than others, but just uh, knowing him uh, throughout his career. How do you think he'll do in the next phase when he goes in the booth?
3: I, I think he'll do well. I think he'll do well. I think if you look at the way things are now, yes, he got paid a boatload of money for this. But between Romo and Greg Olson and Troy Aikman, like there, there is a competition there. So if you want to try to plug into that um, – I'm sure he is going to want to, you know, be the best at doing it because he only knows one way of doing something like that. Um, but I, w- I would not think he's going to be a dud. Like, I-, I wouldn't think that at all. And I would think um, that he would be more likely to say some things now than, you know, maybe if he had retired five or ten years ago um still under the Belichick shadow. I think getting the freedom that he has had uh, has probably afforded him to speak his mind a little bit more. I I would be surprised if he wasn't good. Now, uh, for me, I think Greg Olson is terrific. I I think he's done an amazing job and has really gotten so much better. Um, And I I thought he had a great playoff run, and I think he'll be terrific in the Super Bowl, too. Uh, From that standpoint, I just – I've I kind of feel for him, but, you know, more than anything, how is this going to play out uh, for him being the number two now? Like the, the sports broadcasting stuff always interests me. I uh, To answer your question, to keep it to Brady, I think ultimately he'll, he'll be really good.
0: Chris Carlin with us from ESPN Radio. Um, for any of the quarterback needy teams, which includes the Raiders here in Las Vegas, Do you officially cross Tom Brady off your list of offseason options at quarterback? or Are you calling him back in three weeks saying, hey, you you sure about this retirement thing?
3: I'm sure some teams will call him, but I'm sure he's going to stay retired this team. I think the Raiders are going to have to look in another direction. And personally, I think that that direction uh, that they should look in is Aaron Rodgers. You know who's happiest about Tom Brady retiring today? The Green Bay Packers, because their price for Aaron Rodgers just went up a little bit more, because um, there's one less or there's one more, uh, one less, you know, person that could be uh, filling a, a void uh, for a team when you may not have to give up anything to get Tom Brady, but now you have to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Raiders have to win, and they have to do something, and I think ultimately. Uh, if that's not going to be Derek Carr, which we know it's not, then they have to go in a in a big direction to take advantage of everything they've done here the last couple of years. And I don't have to tell you guys, the Raiders have to get much better on defense. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly. <laughs> Off, it'd
1: help if they got better in the offensive line as well. Yeah,
3: yeah. Listen, there's a lot there. Um, if you got Rodgers, can you do a few of the other things? Uh, that you need to do, yeah, I think you can, and I think you can get better. But it's going to help immensely that Rodgers and Devontae have played together before, and that is, at the very least, hitting the ground running.
0: Do you think it was smart to trade a first-round pick for Sean Payton? Do you think that works out well for the Broncos with Russell Wilson already there?
3: I don't. I think they didn't have a choice. Um, frankly, I was surprised that they wanted to hire D'Amico Ryan and that Payton wasn't their guy from the get-go. Because you're new owners. You committed a quarter of a billion to Russell Wilson. You can't get out from under that. You have to fix him. So if that means uh, giving up a first-round pick and paying a coach a fortune, um, this was the guy to do it with because I think he's the only guy who really can do it. Um, that's available right now. Uh, so with that in mind, I um, It's the only choice the Broncos have. Uh, What else is going to fix that situation for Russell Wilson? Um, I I trust Peyton to be able to do that. Uh, And I know, like, I've heard a lot of this the last few weeks. Like, people comparing Peyton to Mike McCarthy, and they're no different. No, 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 no. There's, you know, Peyton walked away because he wanted to. And teams are trading first-round picks for him. Mike McCarthy got fired in Green Bay and the Jets passed on him when they were looking for a head coach. And he's been in Dallas because Jerry can have complete control over what is done. Uh, there's, there's no other reason. So the records may say what they say. That doesn't ultimately mean, though, that I mean, Sean Payton's reputation around the league is a lot different than Mike
1: McCarthy's. We talk about quarterbacks who – why would they want to go into that league with Mahomes and Herbert and others? We talked about Brady in that sense. If he ever made up his mind, like, would he consider that? Um, Probably his ego wouldn't allow him, but were you surprised this was the job Sean Payton took?
3: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you're going to get paid a fortune, right? And maybe he was just itching to get back to coach. I – Personally, if if the Cowboys were not going to knock on his door, which he was going to want control over whatever happened, over players and such, um, I might have waited another year. I might have waited another year because there's going to be seven, eight jobs open next year, and you can have a a better choices to where you want to go. Ultimately, he must have great belief in his ability to fix Russ, because they do have a good team. Otherwise, I don't think there's—you know—they're very good defensively, and they have some playmakers on offense. They need more, uh, but I do think he must feel really good about his chances of fixing Russell Wilson.
0: Uh, what do you think? If I made you watch one of them, are you watching the Kevin James movie about Sean Payton or Eighty for Brady?
3: Oh God. <laughs> Really? I, I guess, I guess the Kevin James movie about Sean. Pa- like, listen, I, I'm a fat guy. All right. If, if I were Sean Payton, would I be thrilled at the fact that Kevin James is playing <laughs> me? I, I would not. I would not. And, and I like Kevin James. I, I do. I would probably watch that instead. Like, I've watched enough Brady over the last 25 years. I don't need to live it with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, he is Chris Carlin again. You can hear him on ESPN radio every day. It's 12 to 4 Pacific time out here on Canty and Carlin. Chris, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks,
3: Chris. Thanks, guys for
2: having me. appreciate
0: it. Uh, So Again, there's Chris Carlin from Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio joining us this morning. Tom Brady's retiring. Is that is that the new avenue? You you do the whole retirement. Will I? Won't I? Come back? But in reality, you're just shooting a movie. You're just participating in some movie about you, or somehow tangentially re- related to you.
1: Can't he? Uh, can't he do both?
0: I guess. I mean, technically, how much is Brady in the eighty for Brady movie?
1: I couldn't tell you. I, I don't mean, even did know, you know if you watch out. it. No, I don't think no. it's out. Right? Is it not out?
2: Jared, you're supposed to be the expert on this. I, I thought it was a. I honestly thought it was like an SNL sketch, so I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't think it was a real movie
0: Gronk is in it Dear God yeah. (laughs) So it might just be a long winded USAA commercial Jared That might be what it is at the end of the day That might be uh, better than anything about Brady It might be 80 for Brady or I don't even know what the the Sean Payton Kevin James one is called I just know it's supposed to be a comedy about Sean Payton It
2: releases February 3rd It currently has a 67 on Rotten Tomatoes
0: Like I'm I'm genuinely shocked. So it comes out in two days. You got a three out of five. So, Jared, do you want to watch it over the weekend and break it down for us on Monday? God, no. All right. Coming up next on the Press Box here on ESPN Las Vegas. We'll get into the NBA because LeBron James had a triple-double last
1: night. And cat and mouse right now is Dennis with Brunson right on him. They're playing it out, obviously. Here comes LeBron We are back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff.
0: As of last night, Nikola Jokic is now averaging a triple-double. 25.1 points, 11.1 rebounds, and he's now 10.0 assists per game. Three straight. Uh, We are just past halfway. Yeah. The big uh, overreaction from the weekend was that the nuggets lost to the sixers and joel embiid, embiid was phenomenal him. while jokic was just okay okay uh, and that embiid had stolen away some thunder but it was a game in january and that's not going to decide the mvp race if you average a triple double on the efficiency that he's doing it cuz he's shooting 39% from 3 63 or 68% on twos I... Pretty he, hard, to yeah. Deny him. I mean, we get we get uh, a lot of times we talk about voter fatigue when it comes to voting the same guys for the right, same awards, right. even if they deserve it. Uh, but if he averages a triple double on those numbers, while the Nuggets are the one seed in the West,
1: hard to deny. Right. It.
0: Even if Joe Embiid is is leading the league in scoring or whatever, right? Um, the only two before to average a triple double in the season are Oscar Robertson and. Russell Westbrook so he'd be the third ever to average a triple double over the course of an entire season we'll see if he gets there uh because again we're just a little bit over halfway so he's still got a long way to go Russell
1: couldn't have been as efficient though right no never not even close I don't even
0: think Russell Westbrook's most efficient season is as efficient as Jokic's worst efficiency season like that he just has never been an efficient player he's been a volume player and he's had some obviously really good seasons but He's never been this, this efficient. The interesting part on Jokic though, like his, his 10 assists per game, his career high is 8.3. So he's basically averaging two more assists per game than he ever really has in his career. Yeah.
1: Could be hometown scorekeeping. That
0: might be it. <laughs> that, that's what we need to look up. How many more road games does he have? Exactly. What if What if the Nuggets like close the year with like three straight road games
1: and he falls and, under ten? And
0: it's just like, yep, eight assists, eight, eight assists, assists, seven assists, just du- ducks under the Nuggets. All their home games, they got to keep giving him an extra one. Yes. Be like, hey, uh, Michael Porter. We know you made that pass, but we're going to give the, the assist Jokic. to Jokic because we got to get this triple double averaged over here. Uh, the other fun part in the NBA. The Lakers beat the Knicks last night in overtime. So, first off, LeBron had a triple-double, 28, 11, and 10. Anthony Davis played. Uh he had 27 and 9, but the fun part is in the Lakers first game after LeBron got hit on the arm but there was no foul call at the end of regulation against the Celtics and they lost in overtime. Anthony Davis rolling to the basket in a tie game with four seconds left, got called for a charge and (laughs) the Lakers who were a foul call away from beating the Celtics, then lost their chance to win the game in regulation because a foul call went against them in the final five seconds. The Knicks missed the shot at the buzzer. They go to overtime and the Lakers ended up winning anyway, but I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, But maybe the most incredible part. Did you see Dennis Schroeder's half? i watched it i watched it what the most nonchalant least celebrated half court shot of all
1: time he releases it and then just turns to the crowd as he's making like a circle turning around uh i don't know if it was because he thought it was in or because he just chucked it up and didn't really care and then was surprised it went in but he didn't even
0: like we don't even get the surprise he he didn't even put his his hands up when he sees it go in like westbrook puts his hands up to celebrate lebron's like oh he made it and Schroeder starts shaking his yeah. head like he's disappointed he made it.
1: Like He just turns around. I'm watching him now. He's kind of nonchalant walking away. And, yeah, look it. Everyone's excited except him. Right.
0: And it wasn't even like, oh, they're down by 20, and he's just frustrated. Like, that. They after that with made shot, they were down one. Yeah, 53-52. Very bizarre from Dennis Schroeder. I don't think I've ever seen somebody hit a half-court shot and look like they were disappointed. Pointed. Look like they wish they had missed it instead or something like that. But that's what Dennis shooter did yesterday. A great uh chuck it up from half court
1: and uh put it in. So are we seen? Are we seen enough with Anthony Davis back that we think they can win more than one series?
0: Does the series count as the play in?
1: No. <laughs> no. No. Let's say they get to the sixth seed.
0: No. I maybe hey, maybe they get higher. It's it's uh it's close. I mean it's but- close it they got to pass a lot of teams to get there. Are they they're not even in right now, right? They'd be out if this playoff started today. Uh yeah, they're still the 13 seed. But uh, how far are they out? They're well now they're two out of uh the 10 seed and three out of the 6 seed, which is the last bye. Yeah, the last bye. So no, I don't think we've seen enough to suggest that. Uh because if the if the Lakers even get in, they're probably in the play-in round. Which means they're going to have to win one or two games against, you know, a Minnesota, a Utah, New Orleans, a Phoenix, maybe Dallas falls down there. How Golden State could still fall down there. So they got to win one or two games, depending on their seeding, to get out of the play in. And then once you get out of the play in, you're the seven or the eight and you're going to have to play right now It would be Denver or Memphis. I just. I don't. It could go well enough that the Lakers are really good and LeBron and Anthony Davis are awesome, but it just doesn't feel like there's enough there.
1: If it ended today, this would be interesting because the Clippers are playing really well. They won six to seven. They'd have to go against the Warriors. Kawhi. I'd like to see that actually. Kawhi's been phenomenal. So Kawhi's far. been great.
0: Um, I just I don't think there's enough there for the Lakers because like what what did they get? You go back to last night. Anthony Davis and LeBron James have a good game. Their third best player last night was Rui Hachimura. I don't think. Well, that's why they went and got
2: him. I was about to make the same joke.
0: I just, like, Rui Hachimura, if that's your number three, I just cannot imagine that that team's knocking off Denver or Memphis or even a Golden State or maybe Dallas because Dallas doesn't have a number two that's as good as Rui Hachimura. But I just have a hard time believing that they even get out of the first round and then winning a second playoff series would put them in the Western Conference Finals. Yes, the high-end talent's there. But, I mean, we're talking about Troy Brown is in their starting lineup, right? Uh, Disappointed Dennis Schroeder is in their starting lineup. It just doesn't seem like there's going to be enough there. Now, if they make a significant move, you know, we had Jay Williams on, and he said they should go get Fred Van Vliet. They bring in somebody that's a that's a better number 3 than Rui Hachimura? Yeah.
1: Then, then maybe. Yeah.
0: Gets more realistic, but it appears as though they don't want to trade away their first round picks, which I don't If you were the Lakers, if you're running the Lakers right now, you've got LeBron. And let's just say hey, Anthony Davis is healthy, you, you're counting on him to be healthy. Is it worth giving up your what is it, the 2027 and 2029 first round picks to help this team out?
1: Probably not. I don't think no. it is either. No. Because
0: you're not Fred Van Vliet away from a right. title.
1: From a title. You got to be away from a title. Right. You got to be within striking range to make that kind of deal.
0: So you're, you'd are you be giving up. You would not have a first round pick until 2030, I believe, if they did that. And you're giving up. I mean, obviously, they've already given up the first round picks, but you're giving up on two more years of first round picks. Right. So that maybe you can be competitive in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I get it that, hey, you have LeBron. It's uh, You're not going to have him forever because he might leave, but also he's not going to play this well forever. But Jared's shaking his head like he might be Tom Brady. That's fair. <laughs> he's that, you're right. I, I You're right. He might be Tom Brady of the NBA. But I understand that there's like, hey, a finite timeline on this, but that just seems like way too much to go get Fred Van Vliet, who takes you from, hey, you're the 13 seed. Uh, you're in the play-in yeah, You're rounds. in the play-in
1: game. You're the 10 seed.
0: Not enough.